Hello everyone, this is Dan Proctor. I play Paris Aquila in No Space for Heroes. I am also the writer and the editor of No Space for Heroes, and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Liz Campbell. I'm the voice of Rebecca Stone in No Space, and uh, yeah, Dan's invited me on to have a little chat uh, in a season one retrospective. So thanks so much for joining us for that. Yeah, so I... um went back and I did a re-edit of season one before going into season two. And so I've listened to it and you've just listened through it as yep. well. And yeah, I just thought before diving into season two, which is coming very shortly, if it's not out already, uh, we just go back and just... Uh, have reminisce. A, reminisce. We reminisce of our times. Because it was quite strange the way we put it together. We did this over the last three years, four yeah. years. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a bit of a pandemic yeah. in the middle of it. So I think that might have given me more time what is, what to is time? Edit. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, That's fair. Uh, well, in which case, uh, why don't I kick us off by asking you, the illustrious creator of this series, what, 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 what made you want to make, make, make a podcast? Make a space podcast. Uh, the sound effects. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, I can confirm this is the like deep cut hot take that I'm pretty sure you're turning in for. Dan Proctor sleeps to the sound of space noises. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that too. Well, that's not why. Um, so I changed careers and I went to film school mm. and I learned how to edit. So my professional job um, is I, uh, I edit videos for a production company. Um, but when I was in the film school, we were learning all sorts of different things. There was one day where a guy came in and he taught us about sound design. Uh, and so that's when I got into audition and I just started experimenting with that. And I just started making sort of different soundscapes of different places. I'm a big sci-fi nerd anyway. So, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the first season, they go from place to place mm. and each one has a different sort of biome like you know uh so you have a uh, you know the, the the sort of noir city you've then you go to geosphere which itself has lots of different biomes you've got like the desolate surface you've got the ice caves you've got the the forest the lake and then another sort of abandoned city so i think that was what kind of drove the thing in the first place right and then um and then you know we put together the story you th you to threw go some, with it. some scripts around it <laughs> to justify the different. Yeah, no, I'm, I got you. I got you. Yeah, uh, and obviously I'm a big. I've always, to be fair, I always wanted a space show. Mm. That's like my dream. Can confirm, yes. Yeah, as a, as a kid, I always want. I, I kind of grew up watching, I don't know, like Stargate and Star Trek. Voyager was always on when I came home from school. What is it about sci-fi that that makes you so happy and invested? I think it, it it inspires imagination. Um, it's 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 a world where you can be well, you can be yourself, but you could be more. And there's I don't know. It's very comforting. Yeah. Um, and I think it's you can kind of explore aspects of humanity that exist in the real world, but in a setting that's slightly less scary hmm. you know you can you can delve like that's kind of what star trek did you can delve into quite serious topics and you know the human condition 
but you add a few aliens in and it's it doesn't seem so uh, intimidating to to try and explore those things anymore and um yeah so i, I think it's that's why i think i always head that way when i'm wanting to, to write a story how was the experience for you of writing a series it was interesting i written i've never written something like this before i've written i've written most of my adult life um i'm one of those people who starts a lot of projects and then doesn't finish them and that's why well, i've met them i don't know that i know them <laughs> personally or you know yeah it, it, that's why it took us i mean it took us a long time to get this done <laughs> um uh, but i'm really glad that we did and yeah. then we're kind of carrying on um but i think the reason for that is that i get really excited about an idea and i'm sure lots of other people feel the same uh, you, I get, you get an idea and then you're just really excited about it and then you get another one and you want to go <laughs> off and explore that one. Um, but yeah, I think so. Liz and I met through doing a, a comedy show, a sketch yep. sketch and song show here in London, uh, which I did. I did that for 15 years or something. Yeah. Sketches and songs are like the right length, like three minutes. You know, that's that's about my attention <laughs> yeah. span. Um, and, you know, I have a strange sense of humor. So I think writing this, I wanted to tell a story and have a bit of that humor in it, but maybe not too much. Mm. I wanted to I wanted it to I wanted people listening to to actually care about what happens to these characters. Yeah. And I mean, just on that, one of the um, great things about this this comedy show that uh, Dan and I did for for mm. many years together um, is that's where you got I'd say ninety percent of the cast, yeah. Um, which is nice having friends who are, you know, theatrical types that's uh, very happy to come and record a podcast. Um, yeah, how, how how did you go about kind of casting and? Yeah, I mean, I guess we start with the the main characters which is you uh, and you yeah <laughs> and ellie and ellie um when i first thought up becky i wanted her to be a sort of gunslinger kind of um maybe like maybe sort of like han solo a harrison yeah. ford type character i remember saying that at the beginning like yes the first episode <laughs> without any we literally got the first i think we got the, i think you gave us the full script of episode one which at the time, haha, so it's been re-released. Um, yeah. So the first episode in the original release was on BlackRock 4 when so Becky's approached by That's now Cheetah. episodes three, yeah. four, and five. Um, and the original first episode, you're the only person we meet for like 20 minutes. Yeah, as well it should be. I mean, and you know, Cheetah. star. Uh, but yes, I remember your direction kept, you just kept saying the words Harrison Ford at me over and over. Well, so... Um, <laughs> So I, you know, that's very ethereal charisma that man has. It's hard. So, well, I think the thing is, is, uh, you know, this is the first audio drama. This is the only audio <laughs> drama I've ever made. Um, but so I, you, most of the my experience, I guess, of sci-fi has had been up until that point. Um, you know, movies and TV yeah. shows, and you know, it's not. This is not a a visual. <laughs> Medium. So I kind of was, I wrote these kind of fairly horrible things for your character to say. Mm -hmm. You know, your character is 
quite discriminatory <laughs> against yeah. these these she's other aliens yeah. and i kept wanting you to like say it with like you know lord she's you know she does it with a wink and a smile but like it, yeah can't really do that can you <laughs> um so yeah becky was becky's a tr- tr- more becky. awful than you thought yeah i like i still like becky but she's kind of a, a troubled mm. troubled soul what do you think of becky yeah i mean i i you know obviously i i I have empathy for Becky. Um, yeah, she is a troubled soul, and she is... Again, maybe... This is maybe just the way I ended up playing her rather than your intention, but, you know, she's very quick to anger. She's very mercurial. Um, she's very slow to trust and very quick to accuse and things like that. And, you know, and there's there's reasons for that but it's um it's interesting doing some scenes because yeah she will go from perfectly happy sensible normal talking to on a dime being offended and angry and rude um which you know some some people are like that though that's yeah i I think that yeah she's very easily triggered yeah and i think in season two we're kind of maybe ex- well we i think there's at least an episode where we <laughs> kind of explore a bit more of yes um, why that is on the timeline we have actually finished recording season two um almost almost oh i've finished <laughs> recording season yeah, you, two so you, i don't know what dan's wrapped. doing yeah um but uh so yes yeah, so i actually know what happens to becky no spoilers um but yeah, we, 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 we do delve into kind of more motivations and things like that. Yeah. This, I mean, like I said, this first season was originally I wanted to do it to create the different soundscapes because I wanted to hear crunching snow. Yeah. Um, and then we've kind of gone on a journey with these characters and they ended up kind of writing themselves. Like mm. when I sit, when I write a new episode now those i don't feel like i'm even in control (laughs) those characters just talk to you know they argue with each other they do silly things um it just kind of comes out i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad (laughs) thing uh you know i put them in a direction and then bring them to some sort of like final conflict um but yeah so season two is different we're not um it's more about the characters, I would say. I, mean, mm. I wouldn't say season one wasn't about the characters. I yeah. think all three of them, uh, we're exploring their various flaws and uh, in various different ways, they kind of overcome them a little bit <laughs> in the end. Incremental change. Yeah. Um, but so are, are you Are you exclusively revealing here that season two will have fewer soundscaped areas? No. No, I, yeah, the answer is no. No, um, but let me think. But it's not about like, it's not as Star Wars, you know, like, you know, like the original three movies of Star Wars, you got the desert planet Mm. and you got the forest planet, the ice planet. And that's kind of what No Space was like. It's like very uh, clear, they're biomes, you know? And this one, we spend, you know, some time in a city. We go to different parts of the city. We go to people's houses. Uh, We're on 
spaceships. Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily, you know, like the my desire to make an ice cave is not the <laughs> driving force. You fulfilled series. that that dream. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose uh, when thinking about the the plot of season one, um, the arc, uh, it'd be nice to hear about what you were thinking in terms of, yeah, the theme and the point. I know, for example, that the, the title No Space for Heroes was something that um, came near the end and, and really agonized over what to call it. Um, yeah, we had that discussion. I think originally I was going to call it something like, I think it was Star PI, you know? It was oh, going to yeah, be. Star P. Star P. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you shot down quite Please a lot tweet, of Please uh... Tweet at Dan and tell him that Star P was a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shot that down real fast. Yeah, um, because I think originally, like when you were supposed to be Indiana Jones, yeah. or, or maybe more um, Blade Runner, what's his name? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. When you were supposed to, when it was supposed to be more, you know, because there's this whole thing that you're like, oh, you're an ex-cop and you're an investigator. They don't really do any investigating in no. that series. I mean, like we kind of make it clear that uh, you know, you're, you know, this is kind of a job that's not really. It's kind of not what you're used to. Yeah. Um, but you don't do very much investigating. But originally, it was supposed to be more of uh, an investigation, less of a uh, adventure adventure podcast what was the original question uh what were you going for what's the, the theme the... right so when it started becoming more no space for, for heroes mm-hmm. um it was really an exploration of these kind of stories because you know like that yeah, people anyone who's a sci-fi fan mm-hmm. anyone who's uh, a video game fan a fantasy fan a movie fan uh, I'm sure they'll be they'll be able to see where I've got quite a lot of inspiration mm. for a lot of these places, these characters. You know, some of them are quite archetypal. So um, I kind of wanted to just twist that a little bit. Um, so the idea of season one is that our well, if you can call them our heroes, the crew of the Blue Banshee. If you listen back to it, they don't really do anything at all. Mm. They go to this planet and the only thing they really do is they switch on their elevator, which brings Cheetah down, who then um, kills her father, who's a genocidal maniac. Mm. So the, the Geonites really resolve this conflict between themselves. And so much of what's happening in the series is just these characters kind of bumbling around and uh, and sort of contrasting with that, with them actually thinking, or at least Becky thinking, that she's very important yeah. and that she she becomes very grandiose at points, you know, like when she's talking to the tree and things like that. I she think it's it's both thinking she's important at times. I think at times she doesn't, and then wanting to be important, you know secretly wanting to be relevant and yeah of course i think that's yeah she really she wants to be loved i think she wants to be admired mm. um but she doesn't go about that really the the right way and i think even going back to the very what's now the very first episode mm. uh what she kind of has latched onto the saving of the calisaur egg with dr haunt um she did actually do that yeah. 
but it, but it wasn't very heroic. But it wasn't heroic at all. Um, and I think that's the point of this series because I, I guess I don't know whether it's true or not. But the point of the series is that speech that Paris has in the Poisoned City episode that heroes don't exist, that they're not real, that whenever you you know, I, I and not to say that people don't do heroic things. Um, but people aren't monoliths. You terrible yeah. people can do a heroic thing, and yeah, you know, good people can be thoroughly mediocre at times. That's the point of the show. So you know, and that's why the the king, who I think we can probably agree is not a nice guy, he keeps going on about being a hero. He mm-hmm. thinks he's a hero. He's got a bunch of followers who uh, are zombies who think that. He, I presume they think he's great. I don't know how much of their brains <laughs> are left functions. after they've, yeah. yeah. They're just kind of, they're kind of, I love, I love their sound effect. Mm. I don't know where I got that from. They loll up and they've got like, yeah, they almost kind of like, you can, I, I just ima- imagined um, like their twisted limbs kind of like yeah. pulling them across the ground. I wonder what other people imagine when they, because I've got very distinct yeah. sort of images in my head of all these different places and creatures. Well, and I wonder what If people... anyone is listening to this and wants to get in touch and let us know what you think the mutated Geonites look like, <laughs> yeah, please please do. We accept napkin sketches, uh, vague descriptions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, like I said before, and I think I read something recently about when people are starting up their you know, like what you what you should do and what you shouldn't do when you're making an audio drama. Mm. Someone was said, remember, it's not a visual yeah. medium, but that is not how I did this at all. The whole, I, I imagine I've got very distinct images of all these places and I've tried to convey that. I mean, sometimes doing that, I don't know how other people get away with this, but you know, when you're like, oh, look that. And then the, one of the characters will say what's happening. I guess that's, I feel sometimes you can't push that too far to mm-hmm. make it, but you can get away with it a bit. But you know, like you can't, you can't show something being intimidating, mm-hmm. but you can play an intimid, a drone or an, uh, like a horn, like an intimidating sound. Mm-hmm. And I think when people do listen to these things, I think they imagine these places. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would disagree. I don't know who said it, but I disagree. <laughs> Whoever said <laughs> that fictional that this, straw man yeah, that I've invented. You are painting wrong. a picture of these worlds. If that's the type of podcast you're doing, mm-hmm. you're painting a picture of these worlds. And I think with fantasy and sci-fi and all this kind of stuff, that's what you're doing. You, you, you want, and I think that's why people like them. I think that's why people listen. They want to escape to these worlds. They want to imagine that they could visit these places and they could go on these adventures. And that's a wonderful thing about an, about audio is that you can convey atmosphere and feelings and still people who get to fill in much of it with their imagination in yeah. a way that you, you, you know... Can't with a movie. Yeah. So it's almost like reading a book, but you're, I mean, you're, apart from you, you do the audio bit, it's also great because you can kind of, and I think that's why a lot of people, I mean, maybe it's just the people that I've been following and listening to do a lot of sci-fi and fantasy because like ha- a lot of people would want to make their own TV series or movie, but you can't because, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, money and budgets and skill sets. But I think pretty much anybody can make if you get a microphone, yeah. Well, I mean, we made a podcast, an editing so. software, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so I think, like you know, it's so open, and I just think of the one I've been listening to quite a few recently, and just kind of, I just, it just makes me happy listening to other people kind of 
you know, exploring their imaginations and, uh, you know, telling their story. And I don't know, it's great. So here's an audio question. Um, I'd say round about halfway through recording the first season, I remember you saying, oh, it ends with the song. I went, what do you mean it ends with the song? Like, the, you yeah. know, the music cues you've been doing? Like, no, no, I'm writing a song. Um, and by Jove, you did. Uh, yeah, it took, <laughs> it took ages. That yeah. was um, uh, Juliet Hargreaves, who plays Hestia and also sang that song. Mm. She helped. She's, she's very musical. She wrote the song. Um, uh, and I wrote the lyrics to it. And we did a lot of back and forth. Uh, there's also going to be a song in season two yes. at the moment but we've simplified our process but that took a long time to what what possessed you to, to end on a song i remember uh i was just like walking to film school and i was like wouldn't it be great if it ended with something that was almost sounded a bit like holding out for a hero but it's like an evil version if you listen to the words what this character is saying is not matching what's going on in the the action mm-hmm um because the the song is well I, I wanted people to originally think it's a song for geo she's singing our hero never loses the end is coming our hero is going to save the day the king has been going on about uh you know he's the greatest hero of all time uh, and the, the the title of the episode is the hero so um i wanted people to think that the song's about him and that you know our characters are you know about to lose Mm -hmm. and that maybe that's what the twist is going to be maybe the twist is going to be that um the the goodies as they think they are lose Mm -hmm. um but the twist is not that the twist is that uh he he's not the hero that becky that you are becky's the hero um and we have that broadcast at the end of the episode Mm -hmm where you hear so you hear you know there's you've got this geonite who is xenophobic he's horrible he hates he's he's a racist really unlike becky uh she has some quality oh exactly i mean but she kind of learns she's not genocidal i will give her that she's not genocidal she definitely has some prejudices but she i mean that was kind of the point of her meeting hestia and stuff like that i think we, I mean, we might explore it later. There are things that happen to Becky. Becky doesn't really trust anyone. I don't think she likes her own species as much as anybody yeah. else. But she, she lashes out, and she's she's got a lot of anger in her, and you know, and I think she does kind of she does learn some of her lessons. And season, you were saying before, oh, they don't learn, they don't learn anything. And <laughs> season two, they're back to being terrible again. But part one element of that uh, is her kind of dislike for aliens is is not there anymore mm, in season yeah. two she is not that's one kind of trait that she has she has taken a step forward in and she's actually quite the opposite she's very trying to take a stand against yeah. prejudice so that's one way she she has developed the we, we hear from Geo's side and we think he's a bad guy we also see that there are plenty of other Geonites who are nice and actually they're the ones who save the day yeah. um, and we don't really hear much on the human front we don't really hear we don't really go to any human planets at all. Yeah. It's well, that was also helpful because it saved on actors because a lot of them <laughs> are like kind of bear and pig noises or these aliens yeah. that I've altered. Um, but yeah, we hear kind of the human side of it. And I think the point of it is that we hear that the humans are really no better than King Geo. And this kind of, 
uh, and that's sort of the place that we go into season two. Uh, Becky got what she wanted in the end. She did, and we'll find this out. She did get to be a hero, mm. but point of the show is is that that's not that shouldn't be something to strive for. And I think like what Paris says, um, you know, helping people, doing you know heroic things, is good. But like wanting to be famous and wanting to be um, recognized as being something that deep down you're not, mm. I think that's that can lead to bad things. Yeah. What was your favorite episode? What was my favorite episode? Um, I really like um, the forest when we're at the village. Um, mm the uncorrupted Geonite village with Hestia and Maisie and you know I think it's just a nice that and the on the surface when they're um, in the the tombs trying to get below the surface I like those because that's that little like little nuggets of kind of alien lore um, mm. that yeah I think that kind of lovely sense of adventure I agree that something like sci-fi or fantasy can can capture where you're just like here's a whole new you know species here's a whole new culture and here's some stuff they do and i just i love those little bits and i think they're they're fun and sweet and interesting there's also points where um we get to see becky's not just a shouty yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe person that's, uh... in the in the sort of the cave bet you you get to hear that she one that she's actually good at stuff she mm -hmm. is good at solving puzzles mm -hmm. she is intelligent and you also get to hear that she she gets really excited by it mm -hmm. she gets she really enjoys problem solving yeah um and you can kind of see why she was an investigator and you can see that she was good at it mm -hmm. um and then yeah you i mean obviously her relationship with hestia goes from you know yeah distrust to you know that she yeah she likes her a lot really yeah. quickly oh, which is another thing that i think becky does it, that's it it's extremes isn't it where it's, it's extreme yeah. distrust to and she's suddenly like i must i must do this quest met. for you yeah. and your memory and um, she like you yeah. know and i think that is <laughs> someone's shown her kind of kindness for 10 minutes somebody and, yeah she's got she's got issues she somebody it wasn't kindness it was she um showed her respect and she basically mm -hmm. said told her that she could do anything she i don't know she love bombed her you know she was like she's like oh i see a geonite in you i can see that you're strong you, you she told her all the things that becky wants to believe about herself and I think that interesting. I think that made her be like, "Well, if she's saying it, it, must be right. This person's this person's great." Interesting. That's that's that wasn't even my read on the scene. Um, yeah, but I mean, I I absolutely see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it is stuff that Becky wants to hear. Um, I I don't know, I, I I felt. Hestia was was very willing to state the good and the bad in a very frank way. Yeah. Um, that that is the kind of there seemed to be some honesty there, and I think Becky latched onto that 
very quickly. I do think it is somebody who is, you know, yeah. I mean, this is it. Look, hey, man, you're the writer. Uh, maybe it was just love bombing to make her do what she wanted. No, no, but... no. I think, uh, but so if you, Hestia latched on to Becky, um, again, like there's no, she does not want to spend any time with these people. She wants yeah. to make her ice cream so she can die. Well, um, it's a pragmatism and... that I think Becky has as well. And it was that kind of thing. Like, I do think there's that weird flicker of like a kindred spirit who yeah. said something like, hey, you're actually strong clearly you're competent because you've you've done all these things yeah. go and do something useful and yeah i think becky did probably go a bit over she i mean yeah she does over the emotion, respect but... her she respects her a lot more than paris she doesn't she barely mm. speaks to paris and just thinks that he's an idiot yeah uh, and he is quite stupid in that <laughs> that episode wanting to debate with <laughs> the, schnarp. Chi- the schnarp the giant fish um but there's an element of i guess with Hestia dying, she wants to ascribe meaning to this meeting yeah. because yeah. she, because she's well, she's going, she's going, and she wants to. Be, she she's kind of and she had takes has all these she's got all these different takes. Why did I meet these people? What is this like? What's this point? And she's wants in her like final like hours to see a purpose. Yeah. Um, which I I mean again my interpretation of of Becky is yeah she is also desperate for meaning yeah so so they they have that in common yeah yeah um you know Hestia saying oh there's a reason why you showed me this sphere today like gosh that's compelling for somebody who's on a fool's errand and suddenly is given yeah an actual purpose to to follow through and yeah, yeah. yeah. in the forest that was when you uh you get blinded, and then you get your sight back. I remember yeah. you saying, like, "What? why? What's the point? There's no, uh, you know, like, to, why should I be blinded at the beginning to to get my sight no, back? I guess vulnerability. I get well, that's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I was, yeah I was, when I went back and I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, no, this makes sense because this is... Becky is always lying. Or if she's not lying, she's always got a mask on. She's always being, even with, like, like the one person she spends time with and you know and especially more to strangers she's always being not what she is and i think when she's alone in that forest and she like yeah. literally can't see um that's kind of that i mean maybe it's extreme but that kind of like really scared yeah. is what she is the whole time yeah and that's why she kind of puts this yeah what do you think about blue uh I think Blue's a great character, um, and I think Ellie does a fabulous job. Um, you know it, and and I, I I don't mean this negatively, but you know it's it's the kind of um, cheeky robot is is a sci-fi trope. Uh, yeah, um, but, but like it's a great sci-fi trope, um, and I think what I really like about blue is you know it's it's cheeky robot she's also quite sinister <laughs> like, yeah it's 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 a it's a genuine problem um but yeah it's charming and i really like that um you know the 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 curiosity that's both very endearing and that she's trying to figure out to be how to be human 
and slightly threatening because she is actively putting us in danger a number of times in this kind of whimsical way. I think to, in the beginning, it's definitely for season one at least, Becky's supposed to be the main character. Mm. But for the for the series overall, so season two, and if we make a season three, I think this is Blue's story. Mm. And I think it's about her decision about us yeah. as humans. And I think she kind of, that's why, you know, it doesn't matter really who they defeat. It's, it's all about what she's observing the other characters do, the other um, Becky and Paris mm. and their very dysfunctional yeah. relationship. Um, and like in this first season, she's like a baby. So yeah. she does some really bad things. But, you know, she's like a toddler. You know, like, you know how like a toddler might go up to another toddler and just to experiment might hit the other toddler. And it's not necessarily because they're evil. It could be something that they've observed or it could just be something that they don't know that that's going to cause harm. Well, it's it's in it's interesting you say that um, and talking about the focus on blue, because I, I think that's right for sure. Um, but I also think it's interesting to compare that to the way that the series was originally released. And yeah, yeah, because the we, re-release. When, um, yeah, because we made that Doctor Haunt episode as a which prologue, is now episode one, which is now episode one because it should be episode one. Um, that was a mini episode, a couple of episodes. Yeah, it was like a in. a bonus to just yeah. explain where, where, where they got the these ship. three. Yeah, well, where these th- three characters first came together, and then that has that. Um, episode so if you only listen to it the first time round, at least go back and listen to that episode because that episode is going to be important for everything going forward um that is when this became well that's when it be- i think the possibility came for this to be more than one season it wasn't just going to end what was the original the original question was about blue and i'm, I'm gonna get yes. back to it because yeah. i do think on the re-release not only do we have the first episode that is now uh, Doctor Haunt, how they they get Blue and Blue, the well the first introduction to the computer of the ship is um, her trying to suffocate and then being essentially bribed by Paris to break her programming. Yeah. You also, since the original release, um, put in what is now episode two, which is something yeah. that we recorded very recently. The kind of western. I like that one because we got to be cowboys. Yeah, I, I we had a shootout. Fun. Yeah. It's really fun to record. <laughs> it remember, sounds when, great. It's on the um, the recording. Obviously, not what I put in, yeah. but like uh, you, were, <laughs> we we did that scene, and you're like, I presume you're going to put some sort of like epic like shootout here it's not just us going oh no duck like yeah. Was like yeah yeah don't worry i'm gonna have a lot of fun with this um yeah it, it is very fun um but this is but this is it and so we also have before the start of what was originally the season we have blue coming here murdering a bunch of um bad well a, a stealing the ship and b coming back to murder a bunch of bad guys in a kind of yeah yeah oh i thought it was helping way um so yeah, I, I find it interesting. I, I again, I agree with your assessment of Blue as a kind of toddler, but you've you've managed in the re-release to go back and add in a lot more sinister pre-canon to the adventure. Yeah, um, I yeah, and I 
I think it kind of makes your character make a bit more sense because <laughs> you, she's, she is dangerous. You yeah. don't trust her at all. And I, you're always threatening to reset her and mm-hmm. try and get her back to mm-hmm. what you think a normal computer should be <laughs> a doing. A non-homicidal computer yeah. is. Oh, me and my demands. Um, and it kind of, um, you know, it, it highlights kind of the some of Paris's negative qualities because I think on face value you could say oh he's, he's optimistic he's a pacifist he's like a goody two shoes but he's not he's um he's an idiot he's he's not he's an naive. idiot he's naive you, you know like you could look at it one way you could say oh Becky is prejudiced and he's the one he's the voice of reason but he's not because he's too far the other way he's yeah. prejudiced I would say he's prejudiced against well, humans it's, it's again it's this this black and white isn't it is that yeah. No. No things are are black and white. They're neither, you know, people you don't know are neither universally terrible or universally good. That's not how. Yeah. People work. Yeah. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. And that with blue, yeah, we do do the uh, the stereotypical thing. The um, the data thing. The you know, it's she's a she's a robot who wants to be human. That is. Um, you know, been done a million times, uh, and we did it too. But I think um, maybe the difference with our one—I'm sure we're not the only people to ever do it—is that she really gets failed mm. by. You know, you could say, "Oh, she made a big sacrifice," but like, in Star Trek, you know, Data is—you know—he, you know—he has a lot of inspirational characters. You know, he's mm. got Picard. He's all these, all these people, and then, you know, the. the I love that show and it's really complicated. There's some amazing drama in it. But these are all heroes. These are these are real sci-fi heroes, mm. you know? Um, but our characters, like exactly. Blue, the, 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 <laughs> the three humans who are the most influential on Blue are Dr. Haunt, who is... Psych- a, he's a psycho. A mad scientist, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Paris and Becky, who uh, are not honest with each other or themselves mm. and have a lot of hang-ups and uh, just kind of, yeah. you know, they don't have the stuff together. <laughs> and that's why, you know, she's unhinged and she's a product of what she observes. Um, you know, I don't know. And I think it's, she's not that good. No, no one's that good in this. Um, I like that. Yeah, and yeah, I like the it's fact the that it's the moral grace. They're also not heroes. They're not Picard. They're not Worf. They're they're just and they're not even like you know like a lot of shows are kind of like oh it's our um, that you know misfits you know are misfits and they're always getting it wrong but they you know they're good they're well intentioned mm-hmm. and they get there in the end. These guys are not well intentioned always. I mean they might say they are like Becky might say. You know, I'm here. I'm here to save Rowan. Paris is like, you know, um, you know, we need to. This is the moral thing to do. But they're lying to themselves because that's not why they're doing it. Mm. Uh, and I think that's kind of what a lot of people do. And I think everyone should strive to kind of, you know, be good as much as possible and be honest with themselves about their shortcomings. Sometimes I don't know. There we go. There we go. So okay, well, um, this is a bit different from what we usually do which is just putting out episodes of yeah. our fictional science fiction podcast uh if you've got this far i imagine you probably 
are invested. So thank you yeah. for listening and thanks for thanks for listening to the show. There's quite a few. There's nice people out there on the internet. Um, uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> we the have a Twitter plug, but I yes, please. Well, we really do. We it it yeah. genuinely means a huge amount to you know a. a up and coming podcast like us anytime yeah. we get a follow or a tweet or a review or something um it, it it's it's heartening and it's nice that you're listening and if you've listened to the end of this chat show um then you you yeah you must you must care so th- thank you very much like it, it means a huge amount yes yeah. thank you i don't know if you noticed but i don't actually know how to do twitter he'll learn um but i really like when people talk to me on there <laughs> Um, at no space. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a no no space podcast. Podcast. No space at no space podcast. Where can we find you, Liz? Uh, you can find me on on Twitter and and other socials, although I don't use them that much. Um, at Liz X Campbell. Yeah. That's, Liz. Yeah. Campbell. <laughs> yes, Liz. Um, no, no, that's too many too many X's. Liz Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Liz the letter X Campbell. Um, and yeah, on there you can find out about. Uh, other podcasts that I, I work on. Yeah, and you're in another one, but you can, if you like listening to Liz's acting, you can hear her. Yeah, uh, if you're a fan of improvised storytelling, actual play, role-playing games, that kind of stuff, I'm in a show called um, Realms of Peril and Glory. Um, and yeah, we've got, we got a fantasy campaign, we got sci-fi campaign, and if you hate the sound of my voice, they got plenty of shows without me in it yeah and if you hate the sound of her voice we actually have a couple episodes in season two (laughs) that she's not in it so you can just listen to those yeah so come back for season two yeah and and same with me as well there's going to be quite a few um (laughs) non-parasite it's just space it's just space noises just 20 minutes of space noises uh, oh yeah yeah space whales thanks everybody for listening and uh stay tuned for season two yeah thanks for listening Bye. bye